Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, and welcome back to Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. I am, of course, your favorite bard, Ruber Grayson. Previously, the crew or scrub watch of the Sturge made their way on the coast at behest of Captain Lascalar in search of buried treasure. They were escorted by the first mate and split up in search for clues. This crew consisted of Zelnern the Barbarian, Jules the Warlock, Celeste the Druid, Phil Collins the Artificer, and Finnegan the Monk as well as myself. We searched the island, but found little and less until Zelnern believed he found the path. Upon the regrouping, the crew dispatched of a number of coconut crabs until we grabbed our things and headed deeper into the island to find this buried treasure. But is it buried treasure, or is it not but death? Only time will tell in the Shattered Isles. at the cliff face uh you're uh, uh splashing through the water none of you are small creatures so no one suffers here of having to swim um you splash through the water it's warm and enjoyable your boots are going to be wet um but you I maybe wear no your, boots you maybe pull your boots off before you go in carry those uh and then pull, put them back on on the far side you're oh. seafaring folks so you don't mind having salty feet inside your boots uh, I hold I hold my loot above the water so it doesn't get waterlogged. Oh right, you're you have a loot on your back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you well, hold I your. I grabbed my dagger off the beach too. That okay. missed that crap. Good call. Uh, and uh, Finnegan, were you willing to leave so much crab meat out there as seagulls swarmed? I think I eyed them a little bit jealously, but I ate my fill. I'm not about <laughs> the... to eat rotten crab meat. I have standards, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the first mate probably snapped you to attention, uh, grabbing at the whip, warning you uh, to make sure you came along. And Seagull Circle, their annoying yells. Uh, but to you, I imagine they're like music, Finnegan. Uh, but <laughs> I dart my else... eyes up a little bit, seeing if there's any larger ones, but I don't see any. any. Part... 
there are no there are a few particularly sizable uh seagulls among the flock but uh there's nothing so terrifying that it could pull away a uh a turtle um although actually do the rest of you find seagulls bothersome or an exciting sound it's a sound of the sea but it's also seagulls so i'm friends with many seagulls Okay, so Finnegan's friends with seagulls. Yeah, they're like uh, just another day in the office. I don't pay mind to them. Phil doesn't care. I think Jules, most of Jules' adventures were inland, so they're still kind of novel, but uh, yeah. they just seem like, you know, birds. Until I have greater reason to fear or respect them, they're kind of there. And what about they're... Celeste and Rubert? They are not I a good omen, not a bad omen. As long as they are there, that means there is not something dangerous about. I mean, they could be a good omen or a bad omen. I mean, <laughs> it kind of depends, you know? Like today, I just drew the artifact card, and maybe that's the artifact we need to think about that we need to protect. Or maybe it's highlighting where we should go to find the object that we seek. So you never know. The but... seagulls are. It sounds like you just see what you want to see in the cards. <laughs> It hey, sounds uh, like Celeste, do you like, like crystals? You've never read the stars. <laughs> Celeste, yeah, do you like actually. crystals? Yeah, yeah me they, too. Cool. Yeah, pretty... <laughs> cool. I pull one out of my pocket that I carry with me and start showing it to him. Oh man, I can feel the energy on that one. <laughs> right? So uh, this is the conversation that happens among the group about seagulls uh, and how they may or may not be omens. And then the two of them engage in a conversation about uh, crystals as you work your way through the water and arrive at the entrance to the sea cave. Um, Zell points it out and being a uh, natural inhabitant of a sea cave, or at least having grown up in them. Uh, Zell, I imagine you lead the way through them. This way. Nice. Uh, Zell uh, leads a common, steady pace up through the uh, sea cave. Some of you maybe feel cramped during it, but Zell Nern's stopping to make sure he's picking the right handholds as he goes, I imagine. I have an excellent memory for maps and geography, so I can always recall the general layout of terrain, settlements, and other features around me. I explained to everyone as we walk out. Oh, <laughs> with that, can I, I like under feature wanderer? I know it's like kind of hard to like walk two by two up here, but can I like annoyingly like nudge my way past Rubert and get up next to Zell and kind of like whisper to him like what I had seen? Like I kind of stole a look at the map and kind of like delineate that information to him. So you explained to him that it was some sort of, uh, you go from the beach, there's a path that leads up to the upper bluffs that leads to a cliff face that you have to climb. And then from there, there's three paths that are maze-like. And one of them leads to a place that's marked uh, beneath, or uh, big blocks buried at center. Yeah, yeah, I do that. And then I like awkwardly shove my way back further in the marching order. All right, I need a stealth check to see if you said that quietly or if in the echoey cave, uh, Astrid heard you. Okay, one sec. Oh my goodness. So we can all agree when we tell this tale, it was, ten, it was 10, 15 crabs that swarmed us, right? I remember I can, five. Why? I can buy that. Maybe maybe they weren't crabs though. Maybe they were something a little more dangerous. 
goblins. Phil, as best you can tell, uh, the first mate didn't hear you. Um, the group, as as uh, Robert pitches, uh, the or starts to already embellish this tale. The group of you reach the uh, top, and the first mate seems to have a frustrated look on her face as she looks around. And from here, you can uh, get a brief moment of like kind of looking out. You see a bit more of the beach below, um, and as you look around, this kind of open. Uh, like clear to top on this bluff before the jungle open or is like right at the edge of the bluff. Um, so you have a bit of clearing before the jungle. There actually is a very clear beaten trail cut into the uh, jungle in front of you. Like there's a few toppled trees and it's clear that this is a path meant to follow. Uh, the first mate nods at it and uh, starts pointing you all in that direction, choosing to lead the way herself. Um, as she starts leading the way, uh, you kind of steal a glance out at the uh, ocean behind you, the beautiful turquoise waters fading to a deeper blue of the uh, of here in the Shattered Isles. You see a few islands off in the distance, but none like within swimming distance. Uh, you're in one of the many random small uncharted isles here, not the ones that have proper names. Um, but kind of framed at the beach view is the glorious sight of the Sturge, that two-masted sailing ship that you've come off of the uh this infamous pirate ship uh captained by captain lascalar uh is so named the sturge due to its prominent uh almost lance-like uh ram out front which gives it the appearance of like a large like a mosquito type proboscis that's not how you pronounce that. Uh, mosquito type like needle proboscis. There we go. Uh, and the uh, uh, which was reminiscent of the gross bird-sized bat mosquito creature called a sturge that's frequent in the uh, many bayous of the Shattered Isles. And you see, uh, you see, you see the ship there. It also has dark green uh, sails in order to help. Or like, sorry, yeah, dark red sails in order to mimic the uh, appearance of a sturge. Uh, and it's a, it's a pretty lightweight ship with only two uh, uh, ballistas for armaments, no cannons whatsoever. The captain preferring to keep it lightweight and not uh, wanting a whole host of armaments. Its main attack strategy is to ram other ships with that lance-like spear, sink them in the shallows, and then uh, have people dive down to grab them. Uh, it is a very unheroic, unswashbuckler style of fighting, because in fact the Captain Lascalar of the Sturge, it's not just his ship that has the name or that uh, fits the description of a Sturge. The captain himself is much like a blood-sucking leech, uh, he, where other cap pirate captains seek swashbuckling adventure or seek to delve into ancient ruins to plunder the treasures within. He prefers to plunder shipwrecks or. Uh, a recent favorite of his is to, in the secret uh, taverns of the pirate island, Tretzozil, or Treasure Island, uh, that only uh, those uh, who have sworn the pirate code are allowed into uh, and allowed to know the location of. He likes to eavesdrop to find treasure map uh, locations, <laughs> steal treasure maps, and uh, leech off of the treasures that uh, his fellow pirates have uh, buried. Um, which is, in fact, one of the treasure hunts that, that you're currently on right now is to steal the uh, treasure of another pirate. Uh, you heard, overheard earlier, the uh, first mate saying 
that the uh, Nasher could be upon you at any moment. The Nasher is, of course, those of you who are stor- historically minded, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's uh, Celeste, uh, Finnegan, Phil, you three are, and Jules are all proficient in history. So you all have a pretty good knowledge of history. What, uh, what's your, what's each of yours passive, uh, like your yeah, passive history skill, I guess. So 10 plus intelligence plus proficiency. 13. 18. Wow. 14. Wait, what? How, do you have expertise or something, Phil? Uh, my history is plus five, and then my intelligence modifier is plus three, oh, and then okay. my pa- passive yeah. is... Your, uh, your intelligence modifier is already accounted for in that plus five. Oh. Um, yeah. So uh, it sounds like 15 was the highest among you all, but then with all everyone else helping, you all have a pretty good knowledge of history. Just as like a baseline, you know a lot of things about the Shattered Isles at a 20. Um with assuming like everyone's helping together, so plus five. Um, and uh, yeah, so you've actually heard of the Nasher, the uh, infamous pirate ship belonging to uh, a half-dragon pirate captain in the uh, Shattered Isles, um, who's known for having a crew made up of the, uh, for or made up of the more uh, barbaric uh, peoples of the world, like orcs and uh Dragonborn are usually what she chooses to crew her ship with. Uh, that is Theriax Goldir, captain of the Nasher. Apparently, uh, from what you've just heard from the first mate as you were walking in here, uh, the treasure you're currently trying to steal belongs to this uh, orc and dragonborn crewed captain of the Nasher. Uh, but as you uh, turn away from the poorly armed uh, Sturge that's all about leeching on other vessels and uh, leeching on other people's treasure uh, you turn away from the boat and delve deeper into the jungle um, so as you step into the jungle you hear the uh, sound like the, the sounds of the waves are quickly absorbed by the dense foliage around you uh, for a lot of you this is the first time you haven't heard seas crashing in 30 days your legs are probably kind of weak and stumbly or sorry not weak but they're pretty stumbly because you're used to the sea and the ship rocking but then you hear start hearing other sounds the uh cries of macaws out there and chittering of thousands of birds you even hear monkeys like howler monkeys screaming off in the distance and the uh the sounds of countless insects uh singing their music out into the trees uh and it is a vibrant it is an entirely different sound than you're used to out on the sea but it is a vibrant full of life sound that you can only get in deep natural wild places uh and as you step through this path uh following the treasure map with the intent to now find these uh cliffs that uh the treasure map supposedly said uh you in fact soon find yourself at those cliffs so you arrive uh, following this jungle trail with those strange sounds. They feel strange to you now that you've been at sea so long. Uh, you work your way through this jungle trail. The tall, like the sun is beating down on you, but it's hard to really get much sunlight through the dense canopy above. Um, but soon enough, the uh, trail leads you to a cliff face. Uh, here, you can tell you're definitely in the right spot, not just because this is a well-beaten trail, but because... 
the cliff face in front of you actually has uh, three ropes attached to it. I shouldn't say there's three ropes attached to it. There are two ropes currently attached to the like uh, 50 foot wall in front of you, like anchored to the top. But one of the ropes has actually fallen to the ground. Uh, it looks like each of these is meant as a climbing rope. Each of the ropes is uh, ornamented with uh, knots every few uh, feet so that you could actually like, use it as handholds and uh, armholds, like as a crappy ladder to try and climb this uh, cliff face. Uh, and they're anchored, bolted in tight, way up top. However, uh, you see that one of the three ropes has toppled and been pulled down to the ground. Although, disturbingly, the rope doesn't look like it was just the rope toppled. Instead, it looks like the anchor held, but the rock face itself collapsed. So as you approach this cliff face in the jungle path, there's actually a huge pile of boulders and rubble on your left with the crushed arm of a little, like crushed bones kind of sticking out of it. It looks like they've been crushed underneath it for quite some time. Um, and it looks like there's a chunk of the cliff up above you that's been yanked out. So it's pretty clear upon inspection that some creature, whoever's bones this belonged to, tried to climb this cliff face using these ropes, only for the rope above, or like the anchor above and the stone that the uh, rope is anchored into above to basically pull out, collapse down on them, and crush this little uh, creature uh, beneath it. But there are two ropes left that would allow you, theoretically, to climb this 50-foot cliff face. Hmm. Can I go to Astrid and be like, hey, boss, do we have uh, enough time to check what's going on with our buddy down here? And I, like, kick at one of the rocks where that corpse is. Uh, Astrid, the first mate, looks at it and grumbles. They call this the... The map right here. It's called the three rope problem. She looks at the two ropes on the wall and the third rope on the ground. Seems that the third rope problem's already been solved. It says to it says only climb the right rope. So she points to the rope on the far right. So I guess we're supposed to climb that rope. Uh, I'm sorry. Where does it say this? She rolls up the map on the map. It says to solve the three rope problem, only climb the right rope. Did it say right rope, accurate rope, or like the literal right? It rope? says to solve the three were uh, three rope problem, climb the right rope. She points to the uh, scene before you. You see that it looks like the uh, rope that's been torn out of its anchors uh, was at one point the uh, uh, farthest left rope. Uh, however, at this point, it's obviously collapsed to the ground along with a bunch of boulders and a chunk of the cliff's face, um, with only the two ropes remaining. One on the left, obviously, and one on the right. And you're can, sure uh, we can trust this information? Uh, she says, this is uh, this is a map belonging to uh, Captain Goldier herself. If, it, you know, if she would keep false maps for her own records... She looks up a little bit frustrated at this problem. It's a problem she can't solve by whipping it. <laughs> Can I do some sort of persuasion to be like, well, what if what if that guy had a map too? Kind of thing. Uh, she looks at, you don't even need to make a check there. She says, dig him out and find out. <laughs> I turn around and I say, 
I turn around and say, dig him out and find out. <laughs> I love the uh, idea of hearing the words and just spinning back. You heard her. Dig him out and find out. You all get to work. And I, I separate myself from the crew by doing that. Um, can, I, can I cast mending on the ropes while I'm like, I'll go investigate the ropes and cast mending on them. So you look at it and it looks like the, uh, and so you're talking about the two ropes that are still anchored into the wall or the one that's been pulled to the ground. The two that are anchored into the wall. So there's nothing necessarily to mend. They don't seem to be broken. There's no oh, okay. I just didn't know if they had like gotten old or anything from time. So they have gotten old, but mending specifically fixes breaks in objects. Okay. Um, as long like as they're not the frayed, I'm cool. Yeah. Can I um, um, walk up to the broken or the rope that's tumbled down with the anchor and see if I can like determine what the point of failure was oh you said it was the rock face itself right or... uh make a uh, nature check as you uh, spec- inspect that okay yeah. and meanwhile uh it's an 11 11 all right and phil i also actually as you're staring at these two ropes um you're kind of assessing their quality uh and you have tinkers tools proficiency go ahead and make an intelligence uh tinkers tools check and uh, as, as you're rolling that dice, uh, Jules, as you kind of inspect the rock pile, and I imagine like Celeste and Finnegan and Rubert and Zelnern give commentary as Zelnern's actively moving boulders away, it's pretty clear to you that it looks like the rocks shattered. Like they were, look like they're like there's chisel marks in the rock as if somebody was up there chiseling the rock away around the anchor but a large chunk around the anchor and then at some point some force caused the rock to snap and break off and collapse down to the ground tumbling down in a pile of boulders a classic trap hmm. i'm sure i've seen this before i don't remember it right now but 21 on tinker's tools uh you can tell that both uh yeah, uh, Phil Collins, when you look at the uh, two remaining ropes, both of them are very old. Both of them are very frayed. Uh, one of the ropes, though, is very... Like, both of them are weather-worn, but one of the ropes, the one on the far right, is incredibly mossy uh, and looks like it's kind of been left unused for quite some time. Uh, the rope in on the left, though, seems a lot more frayed, a lot lower quality, uh, but it doesn't appear to be moss cover it's somewhat moss covered but it seems to kind of have been more chafed clean over time like as if it's been in use more okay uh maybe i point that out to well i will point that out after they finish digging up the body <laughs> uh it takes a few minutes of clearing the bone uh, clearing the rocks away to get to the bones but inside you find the tattered or the ruined skeleton of a small creature wearing a large, now crushed, wooden mask. Like, the creature is maybe three feet tall, or three or four feet tall, but it was wearing a mask that was easily one or two feet tall. Uh, so the mask would cover its face plus most of its body. And you can see that this creature is cru- was crushed beneath the stones, clearly killed on impact by it. Uh, and uh, as you kind of look at it, it's pretty quick to tell. This is a goblin body. And uh, the mask, those of you with your collective 20 in history, uh, like uh, super proficiency in history among all of you, 
you know that uh, you know that what that uh, mask indicates is that this wasn't some goblin from far lands. This is a Batiri goblin. The Batiri goblins of the Shattered Isles, some mistake them for being the original inhabitants of the islands, but anyone who's ever gone into a ruin of the Ancient Ones knows that's completely untrue. Rather, in the years after the Ancient Ones were destroyed by the cataclysmic Everstorm that rocked the Shattered Isles for hundreds of years, for centuries, uh, after several centuries of it rocking the uh, Isles, and this, when the uh, storm first began to fade, goblins poured into the uh, Shattered Isles uh, like an infestation, not really sailing in, more floating on rafts, and quickly started uh, taking hold of all of the islands. A hold is a strong word. Quickly started existing on all of the small islands, cracking open ruins long sealed by the Ancient Ones against the uh, Everstorm and pillaging everything within breaking things for fun, basically causing mayhem and destruction as it's their key source of recreation. This unfortunately led to there being very little information out there about the Ancient Ones, as the goblins destroyed it all in reckless ex- excitement. Uh, and it's very hard to find a ruin that goblins haven't pilfered. Uh, goblins took a lot of the cultural artifacts of the Ancient Ones, like wooden or like golden masks that were the size of their bodies and wore them and a lot of the trappings of the ancient ones and used them as like their own fashion uh this has made some confusion where some people think that goblins are the inhabitants of these islands and not just uh pillagers that came here uh but they are indeed just pillagers who came here and destroyed the cultural history of these lands um and just as you see this goblin is wearing a wooden mask, they've started adopting the idea of carving and painting their own wooden masks, oftentimes from stolen shields. Uh, and that's what this uh, mask suggests about this crushed little goblin. So is, is the mask one of those authentic ones, or is this one of the shield painted? Uh, it's wooden, so it's likely a uh, fake. Most of the, uh, from what you've heard, the authentic ones are made of pure gold. Hmm. That's and only shame. worn by the most powerful of Batiri, but most of them have been recovered and sit in like private collections somewhere of other foreigners who also raided. So, well, what do we think, crew? The right, the one on the right seems mossy, no? The one on the right does seem mossy. The one on the left seems not mossy and disturbed far more. But the riddle says to use the right rope. I say we use the left one. So, Phil, did you share that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I shared that note after we looked at the body. Okay. I think I just go and start climbing on it. The left one. Yeah. Who first? I'm not going first. I'm going first. All right. So, uh, Jules. Wait, wait, before you go, uh, Finnegan, we found a rope in that bag no oh yeah would you mind (laughs) carrying this up to the top and then perhaps anchoring another one and dropping it down sure sounds like a safe bet don't worry i got this 
All right, so Jules, you stand before the cliff face with its knotted rope ready to begin to climb. All right, so Jules, you stand before the cliff face ready to climb up it. You see the knotted rope there. You have that extra length of 50 feet of rope. Plus, you see there's a couple other uh, lengths that you've already unpacked earlier when you were stuck unloading the gear. Uh, But your intent is to basically climb up this rope face and then throw this down? Yep. And you're looking at the uh, left or the right rope, the mossy rope or the the mossy rope on the right, or the unmossy rope on the left. The unmossy rope. I'm gonna guess All that right. means that if someone's climbed it before, it must not have broken, right? Or they replaced the broken ones. This isn't my first rope trap. Or perhaps they mean the right rope from the top, like Ooh. facing the cliff. Wasn't yeah. it the middle rope? Yeah, the right rope from the top is the one that the goblin clearly tried to climb. Don't worry, I think I figured this one out. Hey, uh, you want to bring this... What about this block and tackle? Should we bring that up there? You know? What do you think? Block and tackle? That was one of the pieces of gear that you had was a block and tackle used for uh, lowering and lifting items attached to ropes. I was too distracted thinking about Finnegan to uh, remember what we were unpacking. <laughs> How heavy Hi. is that thing? Uh, it's like getting like eight pounds. So you, yeah, you can I'll join some other gear. Sure. All right. So sling it all over your shoulder. And Jules, what's your strength modifier? Oh, strength score? my modifier? Oh, uh, it'll be a minus one. Minus one. All right. So you are used to being a strong, adventurous boy. Uh, you stand before it and you begin to climb. I'm going to need a DC five athletics, strength <laughs> athletics check from you to climb this rope. I got. Everyone Can I back watching. away from the cliff? Ooh, I got a nice I back away and I told you I got. This. You got a nineteen. Yeah. Have faith in me, guys. Nice. I haven't failed you uh, yet, have I? Uh, yeah. You managed to climb your way up the cliff. Uh, it is a crit? tiring process. Okay. Are you proficient in athletics despite the minus one? Uh, no, I rolled an eight. I rolled a 19 minus one. Oh, so you got an 18. Oh, okay. Uh, you managed to climb hauling hand over hand up 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, and yet nothing has broken. 40 feet. At this point, the cliff, like the rope isn't anchored to the cliff in enough places. So at this point, the like cliff's kind of arcing out, and it's that type of cliff face where you're not you're not quite upside down but you're slightly bent backwards as you're climbing and you can feel gravity holding the ropes back uh, down the block and tackle and uh you eventually reach towards the top your hands scrabbling at the edge and you pull yourself over and breathe a deep sigh as you get over uh the edge 50 feet above your friends below a fall sure enough to kill anyone uh Hey, I stand triumphantly at the top. Did you, you call stand them drools? <laughs> I have no lips. <laughs> uh, looking uh, from the top, uh, you see, like again, the elegant ba- or the beautiful bay and sea. The sturge is lurking in there, like some putrid thing ruining this beautiful bay. And uh, you see a few islands off in the distance. Uh, but turning behind you and looking at the plateau you've just climbed to, you see that there are more uh, like toppled, uh, or not toppled stones, more like uh, foundations of a building. Like there used to be a building here, but now it is overgrown with uh, moss and vines. Uh, and clearly there is some like 
remnants of an ancient ruin at the top of this cliff that you've just climbed up. But there are still more uh, cliffs still uh, and like plateaus and bluffs in this island leading towards that central peak. You also quickly notice that there are uh, three well-marked like paved stone trails leading out of this little ruin. Of mm-hmm. course, those paved stone trails are also covered in... Uh, vines and moss and the jungles reclaiming them but they're still made of paved like cobbled stones uh or like paver stones rather uh regardless though you turn and throw the rope down so that people don't have to climb up the uh mm-hmm. rope you climbed yeah i'll, I'll help shepherd everyone up with all me. right so uh are, are you doing like a tie the rope around kind of thing that people do to make sure it like breaks your intestines when you fall or uh <laughs> Do you use the climber's kits or the harnesses that were unloaded earlier? I think I was just climbing up like hand over hand. Well, I'm talking for uh, other people as you're trying to like throw the second rope down. I'll use the climber's kit. I'll go up second. All right. So uh, Robert takes the uh, climber's kit, uh, fastens the harness around his waist, and runs the second rope down through it, handing the rope off to somebody else to act as the... Uh, yeah, Zelner, uh, uh, turtle man holds this. Uh, Zelner, uh, you're forced to hold this uh, so that in case he falls, you can uh, prevent him from falling. Uh, so you also have to shuffle a harness on. It doesn't really fit you, but it'll work. Um, and then uh, Rubert, now with the safety harness on that's anchored to the top and to Zelnern, uh, or I guess not anchored top, held by uh, Jules at the top and... Uh, uh, anchored to Zelnern on the bottom, giving you a solid safety system. Uh, do you begin to climb? Of course. All right. Thanks to the safety system you've set up, there's actually no threat uh, in climbing, so I'm not going to call for any checks because the climber's kit would have saved you. Uh, so it takes you a few minutes, and it's still frightening as you get over that like little lip that's somewhat upside down, and you get over to the top also seeing this breathtaking view. Oh, no, in, the, in the story, it will be a perilous climb up top. Oh, there was harpies attacking you during yeah. it. Uh, who follows? I think Finnegan probably does, and I think he eyes the climber's kit with disdain, because he's used to climbing up to the crow's nest every morn. Nice. Uh, Alright, I'll give you inspiration if you avoid using the kit, but I will need a uh, DC5 strength athletics from you. Okay. It's a very easy check, but because of the knotted rope, but I got a fourteen. Nice. Alright, so Finnegan manages to climb the rope as well, leaving only Celeste, Zelnern, and uh and uh, Astrid at the bottom. Astrid actually chooses to go next and uh climbs their way up. Can I interrupt her and be like can I oh, like shuffle forward. myself to go before her? Can uh I do to do that? make a uh, persuasion to try and get your way in front. Okay. Fif- 14, sorry. Uh, it doesn't seem to work to bully her in front. Uh, Astrid kind of turns on you and says, It's my turn next. You'll get yours soon enough. All right. When she's like 20 feet up, I turn to Zelnern and say, It'd be a shame if she fell. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I, 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 keep, I like sigh and walk back a little bit. Uh, Zelner, so you're kind of holding the safety mechanism, uh, <laughs> and uh, while she's climbing the knotted rope with the safety mechanism set up, Jules, you're all the way at the top, uh, holding the sa- other side of the safety mechanism, but she's currently climbing the anchored rope. Uh, 
do you do anything to try and dislodge the anchored rope? Can you tell me about a time where she was mean to me on the uh, ship? Uh, <laughs> it's hard for her to be mean to you because your uh, shell makes you pretty resistant to the uh, hooked whip <laughs> that she likes to use. But that caused her to try and find other ways to be mean to you, as if she found your wow. shell a personal offense against her. Uh, and so, to punish you, she would frequently tie you to, or uh, insist that instead of being turned before the mast like everyone else and whipped, you would instead be uh, placed out uh, at the uh, front on the bow uh, and used for seagull bait whenever uh, you're flying through large flocks Bird of seagulls. Sounds. I remember that. I remember all the times she whipped all of my friends on the boat, and I slowly start undoing the, <laughs> the safety the harness. harness. Meaning so that if she fails, she'll topple to her doom. Uh, I think I look at I look at Rubert and I say, hmm, I wonder what the story uh, should say about this one. <laughs> did we did we save the decrepit ship from our evil overlords and strike off on a journey of our own or uh it hasn't happened yet so uh the story is not yet written oh interesting don't, don't you youngins think that our you know that that guy who sits in the big room don't don't you think he's gonna be mad if you know this this person doesn't come back with us yeah so that's a good, point. a good question are we intimidated by the captain or... Uh, you know that Captain Lascalar runs his ship with a uh, tight, hawk-nosed, uh, hawk-nosed, sharp-nosed, uh, like, <laughs> diligence. Uh, he is, he's, of course, the one who hired Astrid. He usually is the one who tells her to turn people before the mast and have them whipped. Uh, he hires cruel officers who are willing to steal from their fellow pirates. Uh, and as such is a mistrustful man who often uh, is very suspicious and uh, secretive and punishes others who don't deserve it. Um, as long as we bring him the treasure. And you know that Captain Lascalar uh, values Astrid significantly. Not like as a, oh, I love her, she's my favorite, but she is a great, cruel person that's very necessary to his uh, ship, uh, like, normal operating procedure. Uh, he would be very upset if she were to not return. Yes, we But he wouldn't be... know it was our fault. We may be putting the robot before the seahorse. By uh, uh, <laughs> snuffing her out too quickly, but I like she goes I like against my ideals. I so Jules and and uh, Jules and Robert, who are at the top, do you do anything to and Finnegan? Do you do anything to dislodge it? If not, she makes it to the top. I think I'm still thinking. I'm still weighing it over as she comes over the crest. Uh, but the idea, the seed, has been planted in my mind. Yeah. All right. And Robert lean, like, leans over and helps pull her up. Nice. All right. So uh, everyone manages to get up and over. Um, and uh, she immediately starts looking at the ruins, consulting the map, trying to figure out. You can tell she's frustrated. She's not incredibly intelligent. Uh, the map is hard for her to decipher. Um, slash she doesn't know how to read. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> she not can't very well. read? Not very well. Do you all know how to read? What kind of pirate knows how to read? <laughs> she was just bullshitting uh, us about that map after all. She doesn't know about the ropes. I have a cartographer <laughs> kit. Would that help? You would know how to read. Uh, so she knows like know basic enough, but it's tough. Um, yep. All right. So uh, really all that matters is who goes last. Because whoever goes last doesn't have a safety system set up. I'll be oh, okay. I probably should have gone last. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so Celeste, you climb up. Your strength's pretty low, but you manage to get it thanks to the various safety harnesses. Uh, Phil, you get up and over. Um, you're also in. No, no, you're not low strength. You're strength ten. Uh, so you all right? Or is it higher than that? It's ten. Do you want me to roll it? No. Uh, it's the the, the safety net makes to where there's no real danger until it comes to Zell Nern, who of course was the anchor for the safety system. So if he's leaving the ground, there is no anchor for that safety system. I watched where everyone stepped on the way up and saw which footings were best. And I'm just going to go slow and steady up this. Uh, this All right. Can I can I use the block and tackle to assist him? Just be like, you didn't even set up the tackle. Why do you even carry it? Rig him up and just roll. <laughs> I can just go into my shell and tie me up. <laughs> I also like to think. I also like to think too that right before I went up, I like turned to him, saying he'd be the last, and I like touched him, and like I was like flipping through my cards, and I was like, "The rogue is upside down, so money will be key. The treasure will be key to our success." And I like guide him as I like get pulled up. Excellent. All your cards revolve around money. Not all of them. Very useful. Um, I got a 10 athletics. You only hear what you want to hear. All right. So, uh, Zilnern, with your uh, 10 on athletics, you easily climb your way up, slow and steady, as you said. Uh, drag, Climb your way up hand over hand along the rope, and uh, eventually you get to the top despite your heavy turtle body. Uh, at this point, though, there's no anchoring system down at the bottom, so getting down might be an issue unless you can, like, repel uh although climbing obviously would work too slowly um but now the uh seven of you uh the six adventurers and the uh first mate of the sturge find yourself on this upper bluff looking down at the island that you've been crawling over at this point you've been hiking and climbing for a good probably hour um you're kind of feeling exhausted that it's not an easy task to just climb up a 50 foot cliff face so sort of uh, exhausted and tired out maybe even stressed and scared from the uh, near death experience if you had toppled uh the uh first mate actually does a surprising thing and as you see her staring at the map she kind of looks over at you all and says uh take a 15 minute breather i uh i need to study this uh, oh, perhaps you could use some help. I mean, my father, he was always very open about showing me maps and he helped me navigate a couple of times. So perhaps uh, I could help you out. She eyes you suspiciously and ro- starts rolling the map up. Make a persuasion check. Uh, 18. Ooh. She looks at you and says, yeah, and what could you offer that I can't? Oh, just a second opinion. I'm not, I don't mean to step on your toes. I just, I'm trying to help in any way I can. I, you're the first mate, of course. I will give you all the credit in the stories and songs. Persuasion. <laughs> She's a stubborn uh, lady. That one is a critical miss. Oh. She looks at them and her eyes tighten. Her hand moves away from the map into the cat of nine tails. <laughs> What did you? What are you trying to pull here, Scrub Watch? You want to stay? You want to move your spot down from beneath the quarter, uh, the quarter deck, and down into the keel? You know it wouldn't be a hard thing to keel haul a runt like you. She lets the uh, she lets the the whip 
kind of fall down, uncoiling, its hooked barbed ends hanging off, and she gives it a light rustle, like a snake shuffling in the tall grass. Go on, get on your knees, pirate, and beg for my forgiveness. No, okay, I just, I, you know, I wanted, you know, maybe someone's interpretation who could tell their right from their left, because obviously you fucking can't. Uh, oh, oh. No, no. <laughs> you heard her. Get on your knees, bard. <laughs> she looks at you and says, Whoa. "Hold that one down." She gestures towards uh the uh towards Zelner and uh Phil. Grab him and hold him down. Hey. All right. Oh, oh, see. Is anyone going to be mad if I push her over an edge? <laughs> Do we're it or not, don't. We're not, we're not by the ledge anymore. Are we? Look, she's not Maybe, at yeah. the ledge yet or okay. anymore. All right, I'm gonna grab. I want to grab the bard, but I do it very lightly. Can I try and whisper in his ear? Maybe as I hold him. <laughs> I want to lightly grab Gently. him and whisper in <laughs> well, his no, ear. No, like, well, no, no, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do as I'm told, but I want to have an exchange with him. All right. Uh, so, uh, I guess, uh, Robert, do you resist? I mean, you've just you just stood up to the first mate or insulted the first mate. She's just ordered for uh, people to hold, grab you and hold you, and then Phil suddenly uh, snatches you up. Do you resist him or do you let him grab you here? No, I'll let him grab me. All right, so Can you I whip- let, let him grab you, and you hear the crack of the whip behind as she's readying it up to tear uh, flesh from bone. And uh, you, uh, Phil, you lean over to try and whisper in his ears as he's kind of like letting you uh, grab him. Yeah, I want to say, uh, first mates rise and fall like the tides. <laughs> <laughs> uh the uh, the first mate, the current first mate, says, "Put him over by that, uh, or put him uh, over by that uh, piece of foundation there." She gestures to an old piece of ruined foundation buried in the vines and moss, and t- and bear his back. No sense ruining a good shirt. Um, Where's the map at this point? Sorry, uh, it's in her left hand. Celeste, okay. what were you saying? Um, Phil said my ideal of rising like the sea and falling and because life is like the sea always changing and we must change with it even though i was slightly neutral just watching to see what would happen i decided to hop in and take action and use my thorn whip to see if i can control her whip oh, whip oh so you're basically it. trying to disarm her her with it yeah, yeah. i'll let yeah, you yeah. Make a, uh, attack roll and it's going to be contested by an acrobatics on her end okay per the dmg optional rules Twelve. Twelve. Well, that definitely beats the crit miss I rolled. Oh, oh, she cracks this, uh, the whip in the air. and but, but before you hear a crack there, you hear a different thwack. And as that hits, she grabs at her hand, blood leaking down it. And her whip goes flying through the air. Her precious cat of nine tails flying off and down the cliff face. She looks at the cliff face uh, where it went. And in her shock, turns towards you, Celeste, and says... You treason, treasonous little traitors, traitors the both of you. Zelnern, uh, uh, Zelnern, Jules, Phil, uh, Finnegan, draw your blades. We're going to have to make them walk the plank. And she points to the cliff face to a stony death. Hang on. 
one second, I think we can all come to a reasonable agreement. Because again, like I've been saying, fortune is on our side. And this only interrupts what the fates want us to do. I think, if I may, first wonderful first mates, that we should take a chance. And you know we're all really smart. We all know you're really smart. That I think if one of us, I have a cartographer kit, I can help you with the map. And if we just follow the stars, what we want most is this treasure. And you know that too. And the last thing we need is losing people on this adventure when we all need to carry that treasure. I'm going to let you attempt a, uh, a persuasion, but it, it is DC 25 on account oh. of uh, this is a cruel woman whose only description is as mean-spirited as a barbed whip. And uh, <laughs> you uh, you have gone with the uh, can't we all just get along and help each other route of persuasion. I mean, I'll, I'll go get your whip, but I guess no. if you want to push me off, Let's we can figure this out. Let's send the first mate to get her whip. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get on your persuasion? Seven. It's so laughably oh. unuseful that she's just staring at you with like bafflement as Zellner quietly says, uh what, what was that you just said, Zellner? Let's send the first mate down to get her own whip. <laughs> Does anyone act to send the first mate down to get her own whip? I pull out my arcane firearm and point it at her. When when she lost her whip, was there any chance that, like, did she lose her grip of the map at any point? No, nope, she was holding it in her other hand still. Um, unfortunately, she's still gripping it in her hand. At this point, uh, Phil, you draw your arcane firearm. She's already told you to draw your blade and send, uh, uh, send Rubert and Celeste off the cliff edge. So she doesn't think that you're a mutineer at this point. Um, as you draw your arcane firearm, do you use it? Oh God! I shoot her. Oh. Uh, the shot out and the uh, what, what's the? Is it a ray of frost or is it an actual bullet? Yeah, I'm gonna shoot her with a ray of frost. All right. The uh, this time you clank it and the cold pull uh, and you ang it, angle it and the shot pours forth the frost and the bolt of ice stabbing out into her. Roll an attack. Oh God! I rolled an. I rolled an eight. <laughs> um, unfortunately for you, uh, the brute of a woman uh, easily sidesteps it. And uh, if she looks back, traitors, traitors, all of you roll initiative. Uh, <laughs> this was not the encounter I thought you were getting to, just so we're clear. <laughs> Seven. Can I, can I, well, it's, it's cool if this is too late now, but I would love to try to like, like, shift up behind her and like classic movie style like conquer you know yeah that's totally to conk, like un unconscious not kill uh it's do yeah i mean you can so you, you reduce her to zero hp you can choose to knock her unconscious um uh, but see. she's a tough cookie she's got 32 hp so you it's guys might lose this fight uh okay. and uh yeah especially All if right. you get a four on initiative oof Big oof Ooh. 17 for me. I got 15. All right, here, I'm going to do call off like uh, like uh, Finnegan suggested. Finnegan, initiative. 17. Celeste. 15. Phil. 14. Jules. Four. Jules. Sorry. Uh, giant crab. Zell. Seven. 
Rubert. 15. Oh, sorry, 16. 16. All right. Then. Wait, what do you mean, giant crab? That <laughs> just was in my initiative order. Oh, okay. uh, all right. Pops out of nowhere. <laughs> initiative is going to be uh, Finnegan, Zell. Sorry, not Finnegan, Zell. Finnegan, uh, Rubert, Celeste, Phil, uh, First Mate, and Jules. Uh, so you almost all get a turn before she gets to act. She is surprised, or not a surprise, but not quick to act. She is slow and sluggish. She's weaponless anyways. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, you fire the shot at her, surprising her, but she, it misses her by a sh- long shot. She dodges by it, turns on you, calling you a traitor. And though she has no uh, no whip on her, she grabs her knuckles ready to like start punching the crap out of all of you uh, and uh, try to bring you traitors to heal. She doesn't realize that uh, Jules, or she's actually still not sure if Jules, uh, Finnegan, and uh, yeah, just, I guess at this point, just Jules and Finnegan, oh, and Zilnorn, uh, intend to be treaser, treasonous people as well. So she turns to you all expecting allies. And uh, Finnegan, she's, she considers you an ally right now. Uh, you are the f- fastest to move. What do you do? Well, I heard her just say all of you, and that goes against my flock mentality because she turned <laughs> on us as our group. So I'm going to try to crack her skull open like a coconut crab, but not all right, you. <laughs> so I'm going to say you have advantage. Oh, I'm, not, say advantage. Not, I'm not eating brains. I'm not a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have advantage on this because uh, she thinks you're a loyal crewmate. Um, and uh, you crack her on the head. Make an attack roll with advantage. Uh, let's see. That is a 14 to hit on the first one, and I'm going to use my bonus action to do An another. easy smack as you crack, crack. And you have advantage on both here. Oh, uh, that's good because that would have been very bad otherwise. Uh, 16 on the second one. Both are easy hits. She is not super uh, dexterous. She just is wearing her leather armor, granting her AC 11, but otherwise nothing. I got a Comes whopping damage. six total. Six total. Unfortunately for you, she's a tough one. Uh, and even though you give her a good thwack thwack, uh, it seems like it only kind of sets her back. You've seen the fist fights she, that she gets involved in on the deck, whether with uh, other officers or in the uh, when you have boxing matches on board the... Uh, 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 on board the Sturge, you've seen the blows she can take, and as you thwack back against her, it doesn't seem to really phase her. The uh, the first mate kind of stumbles forward and looks at you, and she says, "Another one to walk the plank, then." And uh, then it is uh, Rubert. What do you do? All right, so I'm gonna. Phil's no longer holding you up against mm-hmm. the uh, the stone. So yeah, I'll step uh, step to my feet and like pull out my rapier and point it at her, and then like in a like swordsman maneuver like sidestep like left over right left over right to like get it uh position myself so is is there a way i can do that so um she's basically facing the cliff and i can uh she's currently like 10 feet away from the cliff but if you have a way to like force movement like that then it could work but oh she's (laughs) still she's a good distance from the cliff is your goal to like drive her back towards it rather than like actually attacking her like kind of maneuvering her to move back that way well, I'm going to cast a spell on her. Oh. Um, 
so okay. yeah, I'm gonna circle her so that uh, basically she's between me and the cliff. Okay, that's now true. And then I am going to whisper in her mind a discordant uh, melody. But uh, what I'm going to say, you have no right to being a ship's first mate. You are a disgrace to the Sturge, and the Sturge is a disgrace on the seas. <laughs> That's accurate. Okay. Uh, and she uh, has to make a DC 13 wisdom saving throw. Well, what if I told you I rolled a three? Well, then she would have to take 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use her reaction to move as far away from me as possible. That's a shame. Uh, All right, roll that damage, and then let's see if she goes, if she gets down that cliff face. That's the fastest way to get away. Uh, So nine psychic damage. Nine psychic damage, and has to... Yeah, because that doesn't say... Uh, so long as they don't hurt themselves, yeah. Well, no, it does uh, say it doesn't move into an obviously dangerous ground. Oh, okay. Uh, so she rushes backwards, tore, uh, frightened by you, driven away by these dissonant whispers, or discordant whispers. She rushes back towards the rope, uh, shoving past Zelnern, uh, grabs hold of the rope, and starts trying to climb down. Now, Zelnern, you had just gotten up over the rope, and she assumes you're an ally right now. She makes no effort to disengage. Of course, she's reacting, and she's trying to climb down. Would you like to make an attack of opportunity as she uh, climbs down the rope? Um, once she's on the rope, I had another idea instead. Okay. So you <laughs> so you choose not to take an attack of opportunity as she passes by you on the rope? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she starts scrambling her way down. I make an athletics check. I got a 20. So she easily uh, starts climbing down the rope. She's only like five feet from the top, though, as she's scrambling down it. And then it is, uh, Celeste, what do you do? You sort of set off this uh, treason. Uh this mutiny what do you do cut the rope i don't know if i have a sword i believe you don't you're a druid i don't believe in metal um i had a totally different idea in mind um what do you do with all your your gold <laughs> so Celeste, what do you, you don't do? Don't worry about that. Celeste, what do you um, do? The uh, pirate or the first mate is cr- climbing away down the rope. If she gets back to the sturge, you will all either be keel hauled or abandoned on this island to starve to death. Uh, and she's climbed down the rope trying to flee. What do you do? Um, I am going to do what I guess I was originally planning and run up and I do a thunder wave. Oh. Her- oh. <laughs> All right, you thunder wave. I'm going to say she has disadvantage on this save because she's going with the flow right here. on a rope. Uh, yeah, what's the spell save DC of this? 13, con. All right, because she has disadvantage from being on a rope uh, and swinging on it, she got an 8. Um, so she is blasted off that rope. Uh which, because she only has 17 HP left, I think that's a certain demise at the uh, 5d6 fall damage plus the uh, thunder wave damage. Oh, so y- yeah. your thunder wave explodes forward, and she goes spinning backwards 15 feet out into the air, screaming as she plummets down to the jungle oh, below. It's not. She doesn't die. It's not just her that goes screaming though. The ground to your left explodes where the uh, rope was anchored. Uh, the one hey, we rope, figured it out. The one rope that wasn't that you didn't climb explodes, and the rocks go tumbling downwards. Zelnern and uh, and 
uh, Celeste, you're both still standing on the edge of the uh, cliff as it kind of crumbles. I need both of you to make dexterity mm -hmm. saving throws. DC 10 to not risk toppling over yourself. 12. I, I got a non... Oh. non um... I got a one, but not a, a critical miss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Celeste, you hop over to safety as the ground kind of trumbles away. And Zelnern, you kind of stumble backwards. And then you teeter back <laughs> as the ground collapses. I'm going to let you make a strength save to see if you catch the rope as you plummet towards the ground. Uh, I got a uh, 11 strength save. I needed a 10. So you managed to yank, catching yourself on the rope. However, you all hear a grinding noise as the anchor that's intentionally secured to solid rock kind of is pulled out. Looking over the edge, the first mate is gone. They just took 5d6 plus 3d8 damage there. The first mate's down in the jungle for, and uh, at best is bleeding to death and dead within the next 18 seconds uh but is likely just is blasted into the jungle uh meanwhile zel nern is kind of swinging on a rope as the anchor like the metal bolt that anchors the uh rope into the cliff face is kind of starting to pull out and at that point it is uh it's phil it's your action what do you do um i'm gonna run up to the edge where zel nern is and cast Featherfall on oh. him and i that's and then I'm going to feather fall off the edge towards her body. All right. Uh, so Zelnern, you for the next, I think it's a minute, uh, you fall at like a super reduced speed and don't take fall damage. So you can just freely drop. I, uh -huh. I go into my shell and drop down. Nice. Uh, now you're full on Koopa Troopa as you fly <laughs> through the air in your shell. That's, that's Gamera. Yeah, you're full on Gamera. Uh, and... Uh, so, Phil, you start floating down towards the ground. It takes a bit of time to do that. Um, the first mate is not in sight. Jules, uh, now at this point, it's just you. Uh, or sorry, it looks like uh, Zelnern and Phil have left the cliff face. Uh, and unwillingly, so too has the first mate left the cliff face. Uh, do, you, do you choose to pursue down there, uh, uh Jules, or at this point, are you fine with no uh, further encountering? Uh, I'll kind of like clap or uh, you know wipe my hands together. Good job, team. We've done it. Uh, I kind of peer down over at Phil and say, "Hey, you got the map." Uh, Phil, you drift towards the ground, fifty feet below Zelnern, following after. You look up to see that the rope back up is not well secured anymore, um, and her body landed somewhere in the jungle tangle around you. Someone should resecure the rope while we're. Uh, get that block and tackle. I keep. Uh, why is no one listening to me? Start <laughs> setting that up. Uh, the most of you I go, the block and tackle confused. Uh, I'll set, I'll uh, set I, up the way back. Uh, I go looking for her body. So it's it's going to be tough. The uh, jungle is multiple tiers of like or multiple canopy tiers she's blasted into it there's tangles of vines uh she might be anywhere in the layers of trees uh can i uh like look out over the edge and see if i see any like disturbed broken branches or anything like that yeah it's going to be a difficult one but you can attempt a perception check a wisdom perception check it will be difficult though okay if i and proficient in nature would it be hard if i were to climb back down and go and help 
Uh, it wouldn't Phil. necessarily assist. It's going to be an investigation check that Phil's going to have to make. I'm pretty good at that. I, I could got maybe help. A seventeen. Seventeen. All right. Uh, you uh, Finnegan, kind of from the uh, from up above, Finnegan can't quite pin out exactly in the broken canopy where the body of uh, the first mate landed. Uh, however, uh, you're able to give some guidance. So I'll say you you can get plus five to the investigation check. Uh, awesome. uh, Phil. So, uh, Jules, you're up top, so you'd have to find a way to get down and to be able to actually assist in this if you wanted to. Can I kind of, like, I know it's knotted, but is there a way I could, like, slide or swing down the rope kind of acrobatically? At this point, relying on the rope will probably kill you because the rope's loosened from its anchor. Fair play. Uh, we do have this other 50 feet of hemp and rope. Is there anything I could tie it around or something else I could anchor to? Uh, you could try to tie it to the, uh, um, whatever it's called, the like block old like foundations that are around here. And if you use the block and tackle, the block and tackle is good for making it easier to lift heavy objects up things and hoist them. It's like a uh, pulley kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you could you could try and secure it to like the foundations here. I don't know how much they can necessarily bear. They're not like designed to be load bearing for ropes. Uh, and they're ancient, but they did weather an ever storm, so they probably can handle it. Um, so you secure a rope onto one of those and start lowering yourself down swiftly. Yeah, I'm confident that I'll make it out on top. All right. If you're trying to rappel down quickly, it's going to be a dexterity acrobatics check. All right. That's a 17. Nice. You rappel your way down, only required a 10, and uh, reach the bottom with a new fastened rope. Uh, it doesn't quite reach the bottom, so you have to drop the last five feet, but you join in uh, with Phil's assist, uh, search for the uh, body. So, Phil, you're getting plus five from Finnegan's uh, perception from up high, and you're going to have advantage from Jules. Or, if Jules is better at investigating, Jules can have the advantage from Phil helping. Whoever leads the investigation will be making the roll. I got a 24. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, Phil, and with Jules' assistance and Finnegan's uh, out looking... Looking out? Spotting? Spotting, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you managed to find the uh, body of the uh, uh, of the uh, first mate who is suspended up in the trees above you, perhaps 15 feet, caught in a net of vines. She did not hit the ground. Is she clinging to life, or is she dead? <laughs> uh, from, make a medicine check as you look up from the ground. Yeah, do we want we want her alive, right? Because we're not going to... No, no, point, no. no. Oh. We all die if she uh, at this point. 11? I mean... uh, it appears that she is not moving. Hmm. Okay. Uh, can I... Hmm, what can I do? Can I climb the tree and cut her body yeah, down? They're pretty easy to climb, yeah. And she's like, there's vines hanging everywhere. So yeah, you scramble your way up the trees, taking a bit of time to do it. And you reach up top. Do you start just hacking vines away? To knock yeah, I pull I pull a dagger um, right. from the from my side and kind of just rustle them and let yeah. the body like, thwomp, hit, the, hit the dirt. All right, the, uh, the wicked... Uh, first mate topples towards the ground and as she hits the ground there's a sickening crunch confirming that she's dead uh and that you don't have to play the oh no we defeated her in combat do we kill her in cold blood game 
we don't have to play that. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the wicked first mate who has whipped several of you, uh, tearing flesh and scarring you, probably permanently torturing many, and uh, has even caused emotional distress to the turtle, uh, <laughs> is dead. Uh, um, I look at her there, and I'm like, I might have gotten really into the moment. So, do you have a story for this when we get back to the ship? Oh, yes, I can, uh, of course, make one up. Also, I mean, you can't really consider yourself a pirate if you haven't been involved in a mutiny. <laughs> I look okay. at her I look at her body and I say, I, I bow to no first mate that sails aboard the Sturge, and I spit. Nice. Oh <laughs> well, you guys have contempt for the Sturge. Uh, well, uh, Phil. Mutiny. I feel alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so discovers a love for mutiny. That's a good uh thing. Uh well, uh Phil, you I undoubtedly you and Jules came down here for that map, so you pull it out of her hands. She's crunched it up, it's a little torn, but as you unfurl it, you for yourself see what she was looking at. Uh it seems that there are, in fact, as you saw, three paved stone paths at the top of this cliff face, um, and they seem to move in a weird maze-like pattern. Maybe at one point the Ancient Ones built these stone paths to have some purpose. Some might think they have some arcane purpose, but at this point they just look like mazes, and you can't tell which one is best to follow uh, in order to actually reach the destination at the end where it says... What was it uh, big blocks buried in middle? Uh, but an investig or a successful investigation check, uh, an intelligence investigation to try and follow which map or which uh, whatever it's called uh, maze trail would help solve which maze trail to follow. Uh, I hand the map over to Jules and I go and pick up the whip. I'm not going to bring this back to the ship, obviously, but it could come in handy. Uh, and I walk back towards the wall. All I, right. I hold it up confidently like, ah, yes, another treasure map. Uh, and then I have a moment where I realize, oh, I don't remember how this works, but let me try to see if I can figure it out. <laughs> I am enjoying the uh, guy who thinks he has abilities that he doesn't. Uh, uh, I got a six. Uh, you look I at it. this. You are more confused than not. Uh, May I also see the map? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I think it might be broken. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Why do they even make this if it can't be solved? Uh, Zellner, you uh, look at the uh, confusing map of trails and uh, attempt to uh, decipher them with an intelligence investigation. I will try that. Oh, 17 with my minus one on that. Uh, remarkably, you do. After a while, as people are climbing their way back up the cliff face, you join them up there, realize and point the uh, middle or to the uh, path on the right. Uh, the uh, or the path on the right, and realize, point out that that is the path that should take you to your destination, to where the treasure is supposedly buried beneath big or in middle of big blocks. Someone else can take this. I have an excellent memory for maps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who is the map keeper? Uh, I'll take it. Go ahead. 
<laughs> oh, can we give it to the bard? This is what you wanted, wasn't it? <laughs> you guys got to get back up here. I'll take I think we it are back up and kind of put it in my waistband yeah. while I oh, go to climb that, back up. That's a good point. Climbing back up is no longer so easy. The rope that you uh, laid down does not have knots tied into it, so it is a DC 10 athletics check to climb up. Failure, of course, will mean toppling down to a grave. I will hand the map to uh, Phil. I don't want to get blood on this. Uh, Can I, like, pull the rope up and tie knots in it and then toss it back over the edge? All right. So I imagine we're about to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so you take the extra time to do that as they're, like, trying to grab the rope and you start pulling it away from them. They look up angry until a few minutes later it's top down. And most of you're all, you all work on a sailing ship, so you know how to tie knots. So there's excellent, just great knots uh, on there <laughs> as it thwacks towards the bottom and uh, making it very easy for you all to climb up. In this moment, I realize the true value of Finnegan. <laughs> I just I yelled out here. Crazy kids. Finnegan's BA, dude. <laughs> what right. are you trying to do? I, I climb up. Uh, athletics. Yeah, so there's so, no checks. To go. Oh, it's only a DC 5 from each of you, but I don't. the risk is pretty much gone at this point, so just go ahead and climb it. Uh, you all, after taking cautious time, maybe even rigging up the same safety harness, you reach the top and are all kind of now joined in on this... Uh, this new moment where there's only six people on this expedition. So it seems we are uh, in this together, no? How are you going to write this one, buddy? (laughs) Oh, I'll make us all seem like the glorious heroes that we are, of course. But uh, we must get our story straight before we get back. Maybe we'll meet some fantastic beast that will have killed her. Yes, but before we do that, we must uh, find what we came here for. Huh? I just give a... <clears throat> and, uh, yes, thank you all for uh, cooperating. All right, uh, you step onto the trail. Zelnern with his uh, keen knowledge or memory for maps leading the way. Um, I'd like to hear from each of you. How do you... Just a brief sentence... How does how do you each feel about what just happened? We're gonna start with Phil. Um, I think what I had said, uh, which I already forgot. Um, oh, first mates rise and fall like the tides. This isn't Phil's first mutiny. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about uh, Celeste? Celeste, how do you feel about uh, the killing of the wicked first mate that just happened? The mutiny. Hey. Um, I mean, it wasn't what I was expecting, and I will say I'm a little on the fence about it, but at the same time, I just, you know, want to go with where we're being taken, and I want to be like the sea, always changing. Okay. But a little, a little torn, I will, I will say that. Right. Emotionally disturbed. <laughs> Finnegan, how do you feel about the mutiny that just occurred? Who? What now? <laughs> <laughs> Jules, what's your stance on that mutiny? Uh, I think, like, Jules has been on a lot of adventures, but they've never been, like, with pirates doing mutinies. It's been a lot of kind of glorious quests with knights and all those kinds of folks. So I think Jules is keeping a straight face, but inside they're kind of like, like breathing heavy, like, oh my god, what is happening? Uh, Zelnern, how do you feel about the mutiny? 
I've helped people who help me. That's what keeps us alive. Those that don't help, I don't help keep alive. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that uh, that deal of yours quickly warped into an evil ideal. Uh, <laughs> I don't keep alive those that don't help me. Uh, <laughs> That's dark. And uh, and Rubert, how do you feel about it? I don't think I caught your opinion directly. Uh, the first mate of the Sturge was a scourge upon the seas and not worthy of being a first mate. I think a uh, change of leadership is necessary to keep this boat afloat. All right. Well, you all kind of remark on this. No one really having much conversation other than a few awkward comments as, uh, you know, you realize you're now bonded in a murder uh, and that that shared secret unites you forever. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, as you walk along this, I guess, you know, DMs have to hope for a good way to bring the player characters together. And this is really a mutiny is one of the best. uh, Now that uh, she's gone, Phil pulls out a cigarette and lights it and starts smoking. All right. Well, my NPC doesn't give any dialogue at this point, and instead, uh, you arrive arrive at the... uh, uh, at the following this winding, twisting, jungling path, uh, it leads at the end of it to a clearing in the jungle trees. And he, uh, in this clearing, it's perhaps 30 feet across at most. Um, you see that there are what looks like three tall stone pillars that are covered in carvings. Uh, and at first, you only see three of them laid out in like a half semicircle until you realize that there are actually three more of these stones that have been toppled. Whether the stones were toppled uh, by the shifting of the soil, naturally, by the cataclysmic earthquakes of the Everstorm, or even the destructive cruelty of goblins, you're not sure. Uh, but those stones that toppled, these tall like pillars, waystones, um, have long been overgrown and consumed by nature. But three of these stones still stand. They are draped in vines, uh, uh, proving their age. These are dated back to the ancient ones. Um, but these big stones or big uh, boulders uh, kind of stand in a half semicircle, uh, with obviously the far side being uh, toppled. Um, and so as you walk into this clearing, uh, what do you do? Well, you have shovels, you have a treasure map that uh, seems to be saying X marks the spot here. Zel- Are there any markings? Yes. Oh, and Zelnern, you said you had the map memorized. What did it say about this uh, particular spot? Oops, uh, what did it say to this spot? It said <laughs> big boulders... Buried in middle. And we see the big boulders here? You see uh, three big standing stones at the end of that uh, jungle path that you followed. Dig in the middle. Are there any birds nearby? There are a bunch of like macaws and like parrots and stuff that are in all the trees, and a lot of them are echoing words they're saying, and it's kind of creepy because they're birds. Um, But yeah. I'm going to start, think... like, cooing to them, and in my mind, I'm asking them if this is where the treasure is. <laughs> okay. So Finnegan starts chit-chatting with birds, uh, <laughs> while the rest of you, uh, well, or while Zelnern 
points to the middle and says, start digging. I think um, I'll start digging myself. Jules at this okay. point steps forward confidently and says, wait, there's a trap. I'm sure of it. Um, and I think I start un... I, I, I'm not... That's that's about the point of where my confidence goes, but I'm trying to find a way now to uh, prove that there's a trap. So I think right. I'm going to try to take a dagger or something and throw it somewhere. It seems like a trap might be and see if I can dramatically trigger the trap. All right. So you're in like a clearing with some stone pillar, uh, vine covered stone pillars uh, in a semicircle. And it looks like the ground's kind of recent grass in the middle of this clearing where in that description would you like to throw a dagger i throw it at the recent grass it thwacks into the recent grass (laughs) as i suspected and i kind of scratch my head awkwardly (laughs) that is is a good point let's right there that's where we dig what's what reason did you have for that uh, dagger marks the spot of All right. digging. Is, is this your I... first time looking for treasure? <laughs> <laughs> I completely disregard it and start digging where Zelnern told me to. Alright, so Zelnern and uh, Phil start taking shovels to the pile. Uh, Celeste, I heard you asking if there were any markings. Did you mean like on the soil or on the pillars? What, what were you asking about? Yeah, like I was wondering if I could just be like checking around and investigating or like looking at the like the vines to see or the stones to see if anything was like unusual that I could pick up on. Uh, so you're going to have to tell me specifically what you're looking at, not just um, around. Are you looking at the also, ground and like or like the trees around you? Or are you trying to like uh, look at the stones? I'm, I'll start with the stones. I'll look at the stones. All right. So uh, Celeste starts spending her time trying looking at these three standing pillars that are car or covered in vines, muck, and other foliage. But a quick glance reveals there are carvings in the stone. And clearing the vines from these pillars in order to actually like see these carvings takes a, would take a few minutes. Uh, so as you kind of set to that, Finnegan and uh, Jules uh, and Robert, what are the three of you doing while uh, the other two either clear vines or uh, dig? I think I'm grumpy because the birds aren't telling me anything. So the I, birds uh... are keep- the birds are keeping secrets from you. Yeah, exactly. I'm quite cross with them. I uh, start looking around to see what other people are doing and decide I want to help clear vines. All right. So you move to clear vines as well. And actually, Finnegan, can I get you to make a nature check? Yeah. A 13. Okay. I'll tell you the results of that here in a second. But uh, uh, Rubert and Jules, what are you doing while they're digging in their vine clearing? Uh, go ahead. Uh, I think some flashes from my past exploits are coming back to me. And I think I want to seek out any engravings of ancient languages that might be underneath these vines. So I'm going to go help clear the vines and look for any inscriptions. Cool. And then uh, Rubert? Well, my crew is uh, going around setting about their tasks. Uh, Rubert's... Your crew? Hmm? What was was that? Huh? Huh? Excuse you. What? Do we have another mutiny coming? Or, uh... <laughs> Got vines uh, all around me, boy. Robert pulls out his loot and is like, 
like keeping an eye out but like kind of like gently strumming and like trying to come up with the song and like the story of like what actually happened here love it and like trying to get the story straight and like mm-hmm. uh the heroes made their way up the fighting off the crabs as you work towards that uh you realize it's gonna probably take the better part of an hour to shovel this uh uh, to uh, dig this hole and find the deep uh, trench, uh, the deep dug thing that might be beneath it, uh, while the other three of you uh, pull at vines and move them away, um, and uh, you kind of uh, feel a moment's peace here, uh, a short rest, if you will, as you take turns digging and clearing foliage and uh, strumming your lute uh, as you take this hour's rest. Hey everyone, it's Ryan again, who plays your uh, favorite bard on Chaotic Normal. I just wanted to pop in here at the end of the episode to uh, once again say thank you so much for listening. Um, it really means a lot to all of us to share this story with you, and um, those that have reached out have, uh, I don't know, it's meant a lot to me to hear that people are enjoying it, so thank you so much. Um, yeah, if you want to, please share with anyone you think might enjoy it, and give it a review that would also go a long way um you can also check out our social medias again at chaotic normal pod on twitter chaotic normal pod on instagram we've also got a patreon as well nothing really up there yet but we plan to put some stuff up there uh soon and in the future um we also have our uh email uh chaotic normal pod at gmail.com you can send uh um questions and stuff there and we will answer them on uh, future bonus episodes um yeah i think that's everything but um yeah just once again a huge thank you and uh we'll talk to you next week bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.